podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Gavin Hamilton's Euro Road Trip. This episode, Group F, Germany. Today, we're travelling to Germany, to Nuremberg, to talk to Jörg Jakob about the German national team. Jörg is the editor-in-chief of Kicker, or Kicker Sport Magazine to give it its full title. Now, Kicker is a footballing institution in Germany. They don't have daily sports papers like L'Equipe in France, or La Gazzetta in Italy, or Marca in Spain. They don't really have that many daily newspapers covering football on a national basis, apart from Sport Built, the tabloid. But Kicker, with its pretty impressive website is the place to go to if you want to find out what's really happening in German football and for example in February when Joachim Lowe broke his silence after Germany's 6-0 defeat to Spain last November and gave his first interview he spoke to Kicker and this wasn't you know a few minutes snatched in a mix zone or over the phone this was a proper sit-down interview with Joachim Lowe on one side and Jorg and three senior reporters on the other side. Now, I spoke to Jorg a few days after Jürgen Löw had announced that he was stepping down as Germany coach after the Euros, but before the recent World Cup qualifiers in March when Germany surprisingly lost to North Macedonia. One of the themes of those games was that Jürgen Löw went back to basics, you know, stopping the experiments that had backfired so spectacularly last autumn with the defeat to Spain. That meant he played basically the same team, same starting lineup in all three games. So by the time they played North Macedonia, the third game in seven days, they were they were knackered. So I don't think you can read too much into that result. And I still think Germany will be contenders at the Euros. Their midfield is arguably the strongest of any team in the tournament. And Jorg certainly gave the impression that the feeling in Germany is that the semi-finals are the expectation and not just a vague hope. Grab some Bratwurst and a glass of vice beer, stick in your headphones as we find out all about Germany with Jörg Jakob. Jörg, it's been announced that Joachim Lowe will stand down as the Bundes trainer, the Germany coach, after the Euros. A week before the announcement, Kicker, your, your publication published an interview with Joachim Lowe, the first interview since the defeat by Spain in November. Were you surprised that it was announced that he will be leaving or did you expect him to, to leave? Yeah, honestly, we've been surprised by its timing. But regarding his ambition and his that interview about uh, the Euros, it wasn't so surprising that he wants to play the Euros with his team and then he wants to quit the job afterwards. When Germany won the World Cup in 2014 in Brazil... He, his status was very big and he had a lot of credibility. But do you think it would have been better for him to leave after Brazil or maybe after the Euros in France? Did he stay too long? Did he become a problem for the, for the national team and for the federation? I don't think so. Because, listen, 2014, not only in Germany, but all over the world, the German football, the style, how they played, it's teamwork of the Mannschaft and Joachim Löw's style was recommended for other parts for, of, of football. That was, there was no question about uh, quitting the job, uh, looking for someone else. And even three years ago, after this very, very disappointing World Cup in Russia, Germany had no successor. And I think it's okay when a coach who is 
just experienced such a miserable tournament like Löw did with Germany in Russia. He wants to, to show the world that they can do to, together better. So I think there wasn't really a point for me to say it's enough now. He had an error and this error is over now, that's fine. But I think looking backwards, there was, there was the point of no return for me. There's been a discussion in the last year or so about the young players. He's introduced, he's been very keen to introduce young players, but he, he also dropped Thomas Muller, uh, Mats Hummels, Jiran Boateng, and he insisted that he would not recall them, that that was it. It was a new, he wanted to turn the page and have a new, new group of players. Do you think now he's approaching his last tournament, he may change his mind and, and bring in someone like Muller is obviously needed as a leader on the pitch? Very important question, very good question. First of all, I think Germany needed an upheaval and it was the right decision uh, to, to start an upheaval. And you mentioned the interview with Kicker two weeks before. That was the point when Löw definitely expressed, yes, the door is open again for Müller, Jordan Boateng and for Hummels. And he said, this is only to be focused on the Euros. So that was already his mission to say, well, the door is open, but I only open the door to be as successful as I can be during the next tournament. But afterwards, the upheaval has to go on again. And I think all the discussion against Löw in Germany was too much focused on three names, on Jerome Boateng, on Mats Hummels and Thomas Müller. I think that Thomas Müller will be definitely playing with the team, with Löw teams. I would think that Hummels is a big possibility he is going, coming back, but for now, I'd rule out Jerome Boateng. That's how I understood Johan Löw. And, and what do you think he will do now, Joachim Löw? Will he have a, a, an ambition to coach at club level? Because he never really coached the top team in the Champions League, did he, before he joined the Federation? Well, Johan Löw behaved like the German national coach like a character on his own. He's a very big personality and he does what he wants to do. So one thing's for sure, the next thing he'll do in football will be far away from the DFB, from the German Football Association. If you ask me in the moment and you're asking me in this moment, I could see Löw doing nothing in football for the next six or 12 months after the Euros. But I can imagine Löw going again in club football and not in Germany, but somewhere else. And I can imagine him, him doing something for, uh, for a country, but I bet on nothing in the moment. Mm. To, to do a summary, I can imagine Löw for, in a club, but in a foreign club. And I can imagine Löw staying away from football for, um, for a good time. Sure. And Joachim Löw obviously was the assistant to Jürgen Klinsmann. At, in, yeah. at the World Cup in Germany in 2006. And Germany always used to have this tradition of promoting the assistant or the under-21 coach to, to the top job, going, going way back to, to Helmut Schoen. And that seemed to, in the 90s, that sort of process seemed to get lost and that line of succession got broken. And, and I remember in the early 2000s, there was even talk of a foreign coach taking charge of the national team. What do you think the DFB will do now? Do you think they'll go back to the federation, to someone like Stefan Kunz, the under-21 coach, or, or is there a big name, a big name personality like Jurgen Klopp? 
It's interesting because I think the setup of the German Football Association is good and professional enough in the moment to bring one or two figures out of their own assistant uh, coaches. On the other hand, the whole setup around uh, German football is a big cry for a big personality. So to name it, there is a, an assistant, there's a very good staff, I think, in Germany. And there's one assistant, Markus Sorg, and of course, there's Stefan Kunz, who's in charge for the under-21s. Both of them are highly rated for their work in the association. But I think they are both not the big personalities for the number one job of Germany. Yeah. And who is the biggest personality in German football? Jurgen Klopp, of course. Mm. So I think the fans, they would love to, to see him taking the job. On the other hand, I think uh, my favorite in the moment is much more Hansi Flick. And another name is Ralf Rangnick. Hansi Flick has been very successful as uh, uh, the triple winner with Bayern Munich. On the other hand, I'm not quite sure if he's got a very bright future in, in Munich because this is a very difficult club for, for a coach, as I think. And of course, Hansi Flick knows the German Football Association and the staff very well. He's been uh, Löw's assistant, but he's been for a short spell uh, uh, the sport director, the director of sport. I think that was the wrong job for him. I can imagine Flick being uh, hunted by the German association. On the other hand, Ralf Rangnick, who is the brain uh, of football in, in some way, he's got no job in the moment. But if you're going, if you're approaching Ralf Rangnick, you have to know that he will be more and even more decisive than only the coach of, 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 of the number one team. He wants, I think, uh, the, uh, uh, be in the driving seat for the whole process and for the whole uh, direction of football in Germany. If, if you uh, approach Ralf Rangnick, you, you will have an upheaval, uh, not only for the first team. Yeah, yeah, because he will want to change everything. And actually, if you look at the team, the players that Germany have at the moment, Neuer in goal, Kimmich, Joshua Kimmich is, uh, is outstanding in, in lots of different positions. In midfield, Goretzka, Gundogan are having very good seasons at club level. Young attackers like Timo Werner, Havertz, Gnabry. There's the basis for a, a very good team. A, a new coach won't have to change very much. It really just needs a, a safe pair of hands to guide the team. Is, is that fair? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. We've got a spine in this team when we look at the sheet. You know, We've got players like Neuer and Toni Kroos. Even Kimmich, who is a very young player, but they are characters and they can lead a team as on the field as well as in the changing room. The point is, it's not only difficult for Löw, but for every coach. We had last year. We had a year where a national team coach couldn't really prepare a team. There was no togetherness and there was no training. So we will have some very precious weeks in March and in May, especially for Löw. If you're doing an upheaval, you need a lot of time. And this upheaval was, was broken by, uh, uh, by the pandemic. That was a point uh, for Löw in, in the interview. Uh, but you are quite right as well. There are a lot of very good names who've already played on a high level in international football. And that's why Flick wouldn't be too bad, because you know all, he knows uh, uh, the Champions League winners. <laughs> and on the other hand, there are some one names. Neuhaus from Mönchengladbach, Younes Eintracht Frankfurt, Gosens, Bergamo some very interesting uh, 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 younger players and new names. And so, yes, Germany has got the potential for the future and it's not a bad place to be as a, a coach. Although, of course, we are behind Spain and France and maybe England in the moment. 
Sure. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the tactics and the individual positions. Let's just take a quick break. Back talking with York about Germany. We talked about the players that Germany have, and, and I guess in gold, just looking at the positions, in gold, Manuel Neuer is the, the first choice still. He's, he's the key man. But I guess there are questions about the defence, and in the autumn games in the Nations League, Joachim Lowe played with a back three and a back four as well in defence. It's a debate that lots of countries are having at the moment whether to play with a back three or a back four. What do you think Germany will do at the Euros if, if for example, Hummels comes back into the team? I think it's it's looking for a back it's looking like a back four if Hummels coming back into the team. And um, interesting point is what Löw said: if you've got a problem in the defence, you can work on it. It's much easier to work on problems and to fix the defence line than doing something new and improve the part of playing in the attacking rows. So I think he'll have just to bring the best possible result from this next tournament. I think he'll doesn't make too many uh, varieties and experiments. I think he'll, he'll start with a natural approach of a, a, a four in, in the defence. So that means more positions in midfield, really, for some very strong characters, Cruz, Goretzka, Gundogan, Kimmich. It's a strong midfield. It definitely, definitely is. And uh, it's still like if Kimmich, who I think will be playing in the midfield, is not playing in the midfield, when he's playing in the back row, he's still someone who is an option for playing four in, 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 in the defense. That's, that's going back to my argument before. But I think Kimmich is uh, such a, a precious player. It's, it's more of a, of a problem for, for Löw to decide who is playing in the midfield. Yeah, and, and the forward line, is Timo Werner the first choice, despite taking a little bit of time to settle in, in, in at Chelsea and adapting to life in England? Um, but now Thomas Tuchel is, is the, his coach. Does that mean you're pretty confident that he will be he will be ready at the right sort of level in, in June? I think every match you're playing in the Premier League, even if you're not at your best, improves your game. So I think Werner as well as Havertz will have more experience on international level than they had before, even though they are not playing every match and uh, not in, in every starting eleven. So I think Werner is still still someone uh, to look at. We've got Knabry, we've got Werner, we've got Sané. So it's still a lot of speed and a lot of skill in that forward line. And it is something that Löw likes to have. It's not the pressing, losing the ball, getting it back. So it's more like combine uh, with skillful players, keep the ball. I wouldn't rule out uh, Werner at all. I would see him as, as one of the first choices. And are there any players that have come through and emerged this season that you've been writing about in Kicker that should be called up to the team? Are there any surprises that we can expect at all? Well, as I mentioned before, we have Neuhaus from Gladbach and we have Younes from Eintracht, from Eintracht Frankfurt, who definitely are players you, you should think of because we're going to a tournament and it's very important to, to have two, to be focused on the safety. Safety for the coach means in every position, you've got two players at least who can play what you have to do on that very special position. The other point with, with this part of safety, you need players who can be sure what's demanded from them. So I think the focus will be having a squad where every position is doubled and you have some new players but you can tell him, well, you're playing left, you're playing right, maybe maybe you're in the team, you're maybe maybe not. I think even the, the no-names 
if we call Neuhaus and Yunus no names, will have a, a, a special task and pre preparing for special positions in the next weeks. Okay, I'd like to talk a little bit more about some wider questions about German football. Let's just take another quick break. Jörg, we've seen a lot of German coaches around Europe at top clubs. You mentioned Klopp at Liverpool and Tuchel at Chelsea. Julian Nagelsmann is being linked with moves to top clubs. And the top clubs in Germany have German coaches as well. Is it still possible to talk about a German style of football? Is, is there still a, a German football culture that you can, you can analyse? I really wouldn't say there's a German style of coaching. I think that in the moment, uh, the last couple of years, there's a style of, of, of coaching like Jurgen Klopp. This pressing style, look at Marco Rosa at, at Mönchengladbach in the moment. Speed is highly rated in every, uh, in every system. But of course, there is, uh, you mentioned the, the, the right names like Nagelsmann. Let's mention David Wagner as well. Let's mention Ralf Rangnick, who's always been someone who is on, on a is focused on, on, on aggressive football, on high-speed football and things like that. So yes, there are very good names, but there's no revolution. <laughs> but it's a very good, how do I call it? Um, well-educated. These, 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 these coaches are well-educated. They are adapting a lot of, of, of science from, from other sports. They like to, to involve experts in their staff. And I think that's, that's right. Football has become, modern football has become so intense in every part of the game that you need experts and you need teamwork. I'm sure that those names who are successful, like Thomas Tuchel and so on, those, and especially Jurgen Klopp, they are the boss, but they involve experts to be even better. And they are all well-educated and they are leaders in the way you have to demand, demand a lot from your players but you have to, to guide your players. You have to have a, a good relationship with your players. And I think several names you mentioned all are doing this. In Germany this season, RB Leipzig have emerged as the strongest challengers to, to Bayern. Yet they're a deeply unpopular club across German football for, for many reasons to do with their, their ownership. Is it healthy for, for German football to have a club like Leipzig? Are you worried that uh, about the future of German football when a club like Leipzig and a company like Red Bull can come in and buy success? Honestly, they don't only buy success, they are working very successfully. But just imagine Leipzig, Wolfsburg and Leverkusen playing together with Bayern in the Champions League instead of Dortmund, Mönchengladbach, Schalke, Frankfurt. It's no sex. <laughs> And that's what, what I have to, to say. German football is losing a part of, of, of emotions and a part of uh, interest in the public if these clubs are successful for the next era. Because it's just, it's like this, playing very good football, doing very good results, reaching titles even in Europe doesn't make the feelings so, so well. Let me say it like this. Driving a very good Mercedes doesn't always make fun if you'd like an open uh, a car through Monaco, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always big discussion about tradition and, and plastic clubs in Germany. You know, the football culture, this, the discussion is, is well underway in Germany for, for several years. I'm afraid to say that again. German football won't be 
loved like it was loved before when when clubs like this are playing the Champions League. I guess in England we have this, it's a stereotypical view of German football as being very well organised and efficient. But this season, for example, Schalke have had five coaches. Is that just a, a unique situation in Gelsenkirchen with mm. Schalke or is, is there a problem with the management of clubs generally in German football? Well, Gavin, I don't like stereotypes, even if they are in a good way. So, of course, German football is well-organized. Germans are well-organized in, in several parts of enterprises. But we know a lot of football clubs, well-known football clubs, who are, have, have been run awfully. It's like Schalke 04, Hamburger SV. We've got a lot of clubs who are uh, run in a bad way, in a bad manner. For several years, you a lot of managers, different managers, a lot of different coaches, no continuity, you know. And that's the difference with Wolfsburg and, and Leipzig. They're just doing a very good job. They've got a plan. They're working for the plan. They've got the right persons and the backroom staff, you know, in, in the commercial areas. So, yes, it's Germany and German football is not a better place in the world. We are not living on an island. I think Germany and German football just reflect the state of the art in the modern football. Sure. And it's been a difficult year with the pandemic and no fans in, in the stadiums. How do you think the Bundesliga will cope coming back with fans coming back? Will German football be able to recapture the atmosphere and, and everything else? Or will, will things be different in the future, do you think? I'm sure that the German football has done an incredible good job by bringing football back after the first couple of months uh, in the pandemic. It was a role model, not only for other football leagues, but for basketball, handball, baseball, American football, name it. Great job. And I think that, that the pandemic has shown some critical and bad developments in football. And I'm sure that uh, there are strong personalities in German football who are working on good governance, better handling of financial issues. And I think there is a big chance in this crisis. And I'm sure that once we can have a party again, people will go and see football. Although there have been a lot of critics around football because people are angry about how they deal with, uh, with, uh, with a lot of money, how they deal with show business, you know, all these discussions around modern football. But I'm sure once the doors will be opened, the grounds will be filled again. And lastly, York, what's your feeling about the Euros in the summer for Germany in a tough group with France, Portugal and Hungary? Although the game's will hopefully be in Munich, hopefully with fans in the stadium. What's your feeling about Germany, your, your gut feeling at the moment, how Germany will, will do? I think that uh, anyway, the freshest team will be the favourite. And if, is it France? Is it Spain? Is it Germany? Is it England? Is it Belgium? Who can bring in players who haven't suffered too much during a very, very tough and hard year with their clubs? And I think what Löw's done now is very, very good. I think... People like, like Neuer, Kimmich, Kroos, they are safe and ambitious. Germany has, has a very good chance to come through a very tough crew and I still see them in the, in the semi-finals. Okay, that's very interesting. Jörg, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully we will meet up again in person and have a, have a drink I, together 
Uh, hopefully in a stadium full of fans. But for yeah. the moment, thank you so much for joining me. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Talking to you was, was really great. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you liked it and you want to find out more, there's a new podcast with a different journalist from every single country competing in this summer's European Championship. You can find them all wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you know whenever I release a new episode. And you can find out more great sports podcasts on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Just head to sport-social.co.uk. Gavin Hamilton's Euro Road Trip. Follow and subscribe now so you never miss an episode. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.